I really say that if everything's integrated, you just make a roadmap and you start heading down that road instead of just kind of throwing things out willy nilly. If you have a roadmap and everything builds upon the next thing, it doesn't matter if you're going 10 miles an hour or 70 miles an hour, you're headed in the same direction and everything builds upon the previous item. Hey, welcome to the WiseNetics podcast. My name is Daryl. I'm the host and I'm the head of sales here at WiseNetics. With us today, I've got Robin Volkening from Animal Health Visions and uh, really excited to have you here. Robin, how are you doing? Great. Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem. Really glad you're here. I know uh, we've been talking back and forth for a little bit. Tell me a little bit about you. Tell us about you, really. Sure. So I grew up on a beef and dairy farm in Wisconsin. So kind of idyllic childhood that everyone wants to have, uh, playing with the animals and running, frolicking in the fields. Um, So I showed cattle in 4-H and goats and and chickens and rabbits and all the things. Um, And then I got into horses. And so then I started showing horses and um, lived in Wisconsin until my mid-20s, did a bunch of different things. And then I went to Colorado, got my master's degree in integrated marketing, and it's like a specialized MBA. And so I did that and had a couple different sales and marketing jobs there. And then um, about eight, nine years ago, I moved down to Texas. And so that's where I live. But I've been doing marketing and communications director's roles, a little bit of sales here and there for about 20 years in ag and Western lifestyle, animal health, equine back and forth. And so now I'm with Animal Health Vision and I am the North American marketing lead. So I handle all the marketing for North America. That's awesome. So you're lifelong ag, it sounds like. Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely, I guess the new fun term for the influencers is an advocate. I don't think (laughs) I'm an influencer necessarily, but um, so no, I definitely advocate for rural lifestyle and for, you know, the the Western and, and cattle and horse industry for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Some of the, some of the things you've told me about just getting time to get to the horses always surprises me. Um, I, I wish we could all find that time. Uh, well, and I make a priority. That's like my biggest priority in life. And, uh, so I show competitively, I, I show in uh, cow horse and ranch versatility, if anyone knows what that is, but, um, I make it a priority and I'm very lucky. I've worked remote for almost 20 years. And wow. so I had my own business for a long time with various clients And so um, that's great. And I love that AHV lets us uh, work remote in the United States. And we have a great team. Um, I think we have a great camaraderie. We uh, teams video each other, text, call. um, And so we we work great as a team. And I honestly think I work more team oriented this way than I did when I was in a building hiding from certain people in a cubicle. So I love it. So. That's awesome. Yeah, we're remote here at WiseNetics, and and I kind of feel the same way. It um, you you build a much stronger connection, I feel, with your teammates than when you're hiding, you know, or at the water cooler or, or wherever in an office building. And and the flexibility it gives is, you know, that much more powerful. Well, and I think we know each other uh, almost a little bit better personally because, um, you know, we try to 
respect everyone's private time, I guess. But on the other hand, if we need something, I mean, the other night, one of the gentlemen in California uh, sent me a message at like nine o'clock my time. And he's like, I'm so sorry, you know, and bother you. And, and I said, no problem. And I just jumped up and went in the computer and did one little thing for him. And it wasn't a big deal. But, um, you know, they might pop onto a video and I'm out in the barn or I'm driving and the same thing. They might have kids in the video. Um, so I think we kind of integrate life and work really well. And, um, I think we do a great job of it, honestly. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's so cool. So I'll probably get back to that in a little bit, but, um, you know, working remotely for 20 years, what would you say are like your top three achievements that you've done during that time? Sure. So I've been really lucky that I've gotten to work with some companies that are, you know, dream companies to work with and um, big brands in the horse industry, which of course is my passion. And so it was fun to go do things. Um, biggest accomplishments. I worked for a manufacturing company and I redesigned an entire product line. Um, everything from convincing the board of directors to let me do it to designing the fabrics, going back and forth with China, um, producing the, the items, packaging. I did the photo shoots. I did the graphic design. I uh, managed the packaging and then I sold it at the trade show. It was the largest uh, sales quarter of the history of the company because of that product. We sold out the first day of the trade show, a whole container, uh, which is a lot. If you don't know China, that's a lot of product. Um, tried to get reorder, wasn't quite successful because I had custom fabrics, but um, got as much bought as I could and then got the PR for it, editorial and national magazines, and then went to the stores and did the packaging and the retail presence as well. That's awesome. So, so yeah, that was pretty cool. And then, um, so that was one of it. Um, I really think that a big thing with working with a bunch of different companies is that um, I can go into a company no matter what they're trying to do and sort of figure out where the holes are and what needs to be fixed or worked on or streamlined. And the tenant of my marketing background is everything's integrated. And so no matter what company, I mean, some companies I work with say, oh, we just have such a small budget. Um, you know, we have this or that challenge. And I really say that if everything's integrated, you just make a roadmap and you start heading down that road instead of just kind of throwing things out willy nilly. If you have a roadmap and everything builds upon the next thing, it doesn't matter if you're going 10 miles an hour or 70 miles an hour you're headed in the same direction and everything builds upon the previous item. So that's kind of my tenant to it. So some companies of course have millions of dollars to spend and some have hundreds of dollars to spend. Um, but they all kind of tend to go haphazard um, at some point. And so if everyone's sort of on the same page, you can pull something from last week or last year and it should still integrate in. And so you can reuse things and, and build upon the past. So. Um, that's another thing. Um, I also, for a client developed a new e-commerce channel, so they'd only been selling wholesale. And so I developed a new e-com channel for them website and opened up a completely new revenue stream for them and increased sales 25% in four months just from building that e-com website. So, and I did everything with that from the, the photography, copywriting design, um, and it was something that one of the owners fought me on. He didn't think that was a thing they needed. And basically now that website with no one touching it is making them many hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. And no one touches it other than maybe adding a product here or there. Um, 
and they don't even honestly, I hate to say it, but I don't work with them anymore and they don't do any proactive marketing. And if they did, it would be very successful. Wow. So, and that's just, I mean, that was just bringing in hundreds of thousands of dollars just accidentally. So <laughs> accidentally, you are a machine, Robin, a machine. Well, and it's sometimes I find ideas that aren't as popular to some folks as others, but, um, I try to I try to open people's eyes and I have had many clients say you made me think differently. And so I don't know if that's good or bad, but the goal is to make money, right? So Right. No, that's a good thing. It sometimes you need a force of nature, right, to come in and kind of like find those holes as you said. Um one thing you said that really struck with me is having a plan and having, you know, a lot of companies are inefficient in their planning and how they address issues. Um, so we're in line with that thinking there. If you have a plan and you can identify the issues, you can create a plan, follow it and fix it. Um, if you don't, you're shotgunning and while it's fun to shotgun at discs, it's not super effective in business. So, um, this is a fun question I like to ask everybody. Cause if I asked my parents, I don't know if they'd be able to say anything, but how would your parents describe what you do, Robin? Um, well, my dad is kind of excited that I'm back working with cows again. So that was kind of funny. Although I will say I did work with a, um, a skid steer component manufacturer and he liked that too. But um, so my dad's not a horse guy. Um, so they think that I do photo shoots and video shoots, I think. Um, my dad doesn't understand what social media is at all. Um, he's very farmer. Um, his phone does not, is not smart. Let's put it that way. He has a flip phone. Um, my mom, I think she thinks that I just like go make friends with people. I think that's what she thinks and talk to people and network. I think, I think that's what she thinks. That's probably more accurate than, than I think either of us would like to admit. Yeah, no. And I, I, I think it's interesting. Um, I do run across occasionally marketing people that are introverts and it's confusing to me. So I'm very, very, very extrovert. So you certainly are. I, I'd say even like more so than myself, which is hard to come by. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's interesting. Uh, some of my uh, friends in in uh, personal life, people are are very intrigued by how extrovert I am, but they want to come home from work and hide, and I want to go talk to people. So yeah, that that's how we charge our social batteries, right? You know, we got to go out there and 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 meet and talk to people. So. Kind of switching gears a little bit here, more like on what you do, what would you say are like some essential marketing tactics that you use in your toolbox to reach your ICP, your ideal customer? Yeah. So obviously it depends on the product and how it's sold and the sales funnels. Um, and each target is different, of course. And in this particular role, um, we kind of have a division between um, the older, um, more traditional farmers that are doing things the way they've done it for 50 years and probably are not as tech savvy or at least on social media as much or on the internet as much. Um, they still are. They just don't consume it maybe the same way. Um, and then we've got sort of that, and I shouldn't say younger, that's a generalization, but tends to be a little bit. Um, but then we have the more tech savvy, um, they want the newest thing, the robots, the online, the social media, the phone, and they're very, very, very up on technology. And so they consume 
marketing a little differently. Um, but what I try to say to people is it doesn't matter if you're buying, you know, a cattle feed additive or you're on social media seeing NFL Monday night football ads, or you're seeing Ram truck ads, or you're seeing John Deere ads or whatever. Um, people don't live in a box. So they're not just seeing our ads. They're seeing ads for Nike and they're seeing ads for golf and they're seeing ads for the NFL. Um, and those ads are definitely, and I say ads in a broad sense, marketing. Um, they're, they're not in a, in a tunnel where our ad or our video or our whatever is separate from the Nike. And so I think that's where, you know, we have a little opportunity, but also disadvantage because most of the ag companies outside of John Deere and Ram and et cetera, we don't have those kind of budgets, but our stuff is being fed to them in a stream with very pizzazzy, very wow, very high budget, um, modern tactics. Um, that being said, um, you know, I think it's, again, it all has to build upon your brand messaging and your product attributes and things like that. So I gotcha. Yeah. It's, it's hard to go up there against, um, you know, companies with multi-million dollar ad budgets just for, you know, not to jump on ads, but like a click campaign where they're just dumping money in it. So is, is there a specific like tactic or like a way you marry onto that or, you know, you mentioned especially that younger generation consumes more or marketing differently than an, an older generation or a less tech savvy person. Do you split your your tactics between those or do you have more like a here's here's my my gift basket and it's got a little bit of everything for everybody? Well, what I am trying to do, and I've been with AHV, I guess, uh, six months now. Um, so what I've been trying to do is build up sort of an arsenal of things that build upon each other. So they're all integrated. If someone sees five of the items, you use the term gift basket. I like to say vault. Um, if we've got the vault full, if someone goes in there and picks five things randomly, they don't completely contradict each other, that they kind of are all similar looking um, and brand and feel. And we've got the same logo and the same colors and the same kind of tone. Obviously, when we're marketing to veterinarians, um, a lot more science, a lot bigger words, things of that nature. Um, so, but if the farmer got a hold of that, it wouldn't be different than what he's looking at. And if I'm, if, if it's a 20 year old at the farm or it's an 80 year old at the farm, they're not seeing something completely different. Or if it's a paper brochure, it's not different than a video that I had on social media. Um, so we do a lot of knowledge articles on our website. And, um, so we have a lot of, um, very high level technological advanced, um, veterinarians on staff. One of our main owners and developers is a veterinarian. And so, um, we do come at it from the science angle. Um, but then my job as well is trying to take some of that tech and dial it down to layman's terms of what is the benefit to the farmer. So all the science and all of the technology is awesome. But at the end of the day, I mean, everybody has a, a different gauge of where they want to go down that path. Um, but at the end of the day, the farmer needs to make money. Um, and this, how does this help him make money, have healthier cows, et cetera? How does it solve his personal challenges and issues? And I think at the end of the day, the science is great and it does give legitimacy. Um, but I have to kind of turn some of that into a little bit more of sales and what is the benefit. Um, value proposition. 
Um, and so tactics wise, I mean, we kind of do a bunch of things. Um, we definitely have the paper brochures, email, digital, et cetera, that give a lot of information. We have longer in-depth articles that live on our website. I'm actually doing um, video right now. So we just did a really cool video campaign in Idaho with a bunch of farmers that have been with us for a few years and um, they did testimonials. So we've got video as well as written versions of that. Um, I'm going to upstate New York and Maine in a week and we're doing that side of the country. Um, we're kind of working with weather. So we'll be going and doing one in California. And then um, when the nuclear summer gets over here in Texas and New Mexico, we'll do some down here as well. Um, it's way too hot and way too parched earth down here to do anything outside or with video. So um, I'm very strategically planning my trips. Hey, that's uh, that's super smart. Uh, as someone in South Florida where it's nuclear hot as well, I agree 100%. I'd do the same thing. <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm going to New England for uh, a little, uh, I'm calling it the cow and leaf tour. Um, so I'm going up there. We will be seeing some beautiful fall foliage in the Northeast as well as some hopefully beautiful dairy cattle there in um, Syracuse area in Maine. And uh, so we'll be doing that in a week or so. And then I believe uh, the coast of California, that farm is very pretty. I've already seen pictures. I'm excited. Um, so California. And then um, hopefully I'll be doing some New Mexico and Texas in the winter. So that's uh, it sounds like the best plan. And I love the name cow and leaf tour. <laughs> yeah. Cow and leaf tour. So, but yeah, so that'll be fun. But I think awesome. video, video is really a cool thing. I feel like people in the United States as more so, I believe, but we're going more towards video and people want to see very pizzazzy, very um, get your attention. And I hate to say it, there's a lot of clutter in the world right now. We just get bombarded with messages. And so you obviously have to have a great message, but it has to get your attention before you even pay attention to the message. So that's kind of what I'm trying to do right now. And obviously testimonials from customers that believe in us is more powerful than us talking about ourselves. So I want to get that out there as well. And of course, we do trade shows. Um, we have some print ads that we're running just because we love working with the magazines and uh, they're helpful in a lot of ways. And so we've got some of that integrated. Um, we are actually doing a billboard. So we'll have a billboard out there. We're trying that. But you got to try everything and see see what works. And sometimes it works now and doesn't work later and, and vice versa. So um, you mentioned something that, that was interesting to me that we're moving more towards like a, a video consuming, uh, society, which kind of makes sense with like the TikToks of the world and all that fun stuff. Would you say that's one of the main changes that you've seen in marketing over your career is like this shift from print to the internet into the internet of things? Yeah. And I kind of got into this right when that was happening. So I don't want to say how old I am, but I'm pretty old. Um, <laughs> when I started doing marketing, the internet wasn't quite a big deal yet. I do feel like we, in a way, fall into a trap. Um, digital is here. It is big. It is huge. But there still has to be the tenant of marketing that's been around for 100 years. And it's your brand and brand is not just logo or just colors or just whatever. It's every single thing that the customer thinks about your brand or potential customer or the general public. So it's everything. It's, you know, your message on your answering machine phone. It's the lawn is mowed in front of your building. It's all of those things. 
And um, so really getting that dialed in everything that it's got the feel that you want. And obviously, you know, if you're shopping for a daycare or you're shopping for a bank, the feel should be different, right? Um, but everything should kind of go along that. If you walk into a building that's very stodgy and very formal and everyone's wearing suits, you don't feel like that's where you're taking your kid to drop off or your dog. On the other hand, if you're into a super bright colored building and everybody's wearing shorts and flip-flops, maybe you don't feel like you're in a doctor's office or a bank. So, um, you know, and that's kind of a general term, but same way with websites, same way with social media, um, you know, and, and we sort of have a split there where we do have science. We do have very high level professionals in a lab, very, you know, white coat and sterile and, and all of that. Um, but then we've also got out on the farm where our farm advisors are in muck boots and waterproof clothes out doctoring cattle um, or, or, you know, helping with cattle. And so um, I, I think that you have to kind of fit the vibe and make that make everything that you do sort of fit that brand. And I think that in the digital world, people are too quick to just jump on a trend or jump on, you know, oh, everybody likes this song or this kind of a video or this kind of this or that. And they're not going back to does this fit my brand? What is the message? What are we trying? What's the goal of this? Um, and not just we want to sell product, but what is the goal? If they're clicking on something, what are they clicking on? Does that give the message we want to give? Is it too abrupt? Is it too slow of a process where they have to go through five steps to get to the sale? Um, so I think that that's something that I like to think through is, yes, we got their attention, but now what? Are we dumping them into somewhere that they can't make a purchase? Um, and that's what I'm trying to do right now is sort of shorten that situation up. Our products are not sold online as of yet. Um, so you do need to meet with a farm advisor to learn kind of the protocols and how it works, et cetera. And so I'm trying to get that cycle from I'm curious to the sale. I'm trying to get that a little bit shorter so that they can easily find their farm advisor, talk to someone who's knowledgeable, get their questions answered on their farm. So it's very specific to them and then make it easy for them to try the product. And also we help everyone. So it's not just here you go, thanks, bye. Our farm advisors are there a lot on farm helping and really making sure that the employees, the owner, manager, everybody understands the products, the protocols, how it's used, how it works. Um, and make sure that we have very satisfied repeat customers that'll be our brand ambassadors to the neighbor down the road. Sure. No, that's awesome. Happy customers are the best ambassadors. They really are. For sure. And especially in agriculture where everybody kind of knows everybody and yes. everybody yes. talks. <laughs> yes, for sure. For sure. Awesome. Awesome. Here's here's another fun question. You know, what is a, a common myth that you find in marketing? Because there's many in sales, but what's one that you run into in marketing often? Um, marketing, I think a lot of people think marketing, we just run around and have fun and spend money. Um, and we tend to be a loud, vibrant bunch. Um, and we definitely like to have fun for sure. But marketing really is cross-functional in a huge way. I mean, we have to negotiate budgets with finance. We have to make sales happy, which they all want different things and they all want it yesterday. 
Um, we have to watch our budgets. We have to work with outside vendors and negotiate and crack the whip and get things done. Um, we're working with, you know, trade show vendors and print vendors and uh, apparel vendors and embroidery companies and shipping and all of that. Um, we're working with videographers. We're, we're doing them with legal. I do a lot right now with claims and what we can and cannot say. Um, we're doing travel arrangements and shipping of things and, and organizing timelines and things like that. Um, we're working with, you know, fixturing and packaging. We're working with product development. Um, we're kind of doing psychology of the buyer. Like, what do they need? Is there a hole in the market? Do we need a different product? Um, we're doing pricing. We're working with, you know, HR on what do we need to do to retain and hire. Um, so, you know, we're really working across the gamut um, on things. And, and we're kind of the one that is sort of speaking to everybody all the time. So a lot of times myself, anyway, I end up sort of being the the mediator or the, maybe not the diplomat, but kind of the, well, sales wants this, but accounting says that, and the bosses want this. And logistically, it can't happen because I can't magically make things get across the country in two minutes. So you know what I mean? And so a lot of it is is that as well. But um, we definitely like to have fun marketing and we do spend some money sometimes, but um, <laughs> we have to come up with the ROI at the end of the day too. So, and I think the hard part is, is that it's harder for us to show a return on the investment where sales, it's pretty easy to just pull up your report and say, you know, Bob sold a million dollars this year. We'll keep him. Um, marketing, we just show negative, 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 negative. So <laughs> my budget has no money coming in. It only goes out. So um, it's very, very hard to show an ROI when it's just spending out of my budget. Yeah. You know, that <laughs> it's all those things you mentioned kind of crack me up. Marketing to me is mar marketing and sales. They kind of dance similarly together, but marketing's the nervous center of, of a business because it talks to everybody like you, you mentioned, um, and, and <laughs> definitely a loud bunch in, in most, most organizations. Well, people think we're magic sometimes. I mean, sometimes the sales reps will be like, oh, hey, I forgot. Can you? And it's like, okay, think about this for a second. So you're in California and you want me to design this whole thing, get it printed and somehow get it to you in an hour. So how, how do you think that will happen? Like, but Sometimes we are magic, but then the problem is if I'm like, oh, I can fix that. There's a Staples two miles from you. I'm shipping it there. Go pick it up after you eat dinner. Then they think they can always do that. So um, sometimes when we're magic, we set ourselves up for, uh, it's almost like, uh, I hate to say it, but I'm not a parent, but it seems like kind of the kids, like when you can pull a rabbit out of a hat, they expect that that's the normal. And then the next time they're very disappointed when you cannot do that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't want to, to, you know, stomp on my own parade, but yeah, salespeople are kind of like that. We're little kids and dogs. And so, oh, there's a treat there. Yes, we'll come. <laughs> well, and it is funny because, you know, I've, I've got a couple of reps that, and there's always a couple in the bunch that are like super good at setting themselves up for the favor kind of thing. And then, um, and then I've got some that definitely understand the process and it's like, okay, some things I can be magic and some things I can't be magic. So, <laughs> but then I also get to be Santa and I'm like, yay, we have new logo apparel. Um, so, so no, there's Here's definitely some fun things. Yeah. So we just got some new, really cool logo apparel. So they're excited. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Salespeople love swag 
I need yeah. to get some new uh, ones myself. But uh, that that uh, I uh, I can live and breathe that. I feel everything you just said in my soul because I've been that salesperson before where I'm like, uh, hey, so you know that box of flyers you gave me? I didn't bring it. Can you send me some? Yes. And it's always, you know, and I try to, I try to, I hate to say train, but I try to like say, hey, this is coming up. Like, what do we need? Like, get it, get a plan. Um, but, you know, then I've got a thing right now where they're doing some lunch and learns and things and they kind of put it off and now they want invitations. And it's like, well, you can do a digital invitation. I can do that, but it's too late to get, you know, something yeah. fancy printed, mailed, whatever. So, um, but I do try to have them take some ownership of events and things. And I feel like it goes better that way. They know what they're getting. They know what they're walking into. I know what they're good at, or, you know, some guys are super prepared. Um, I say guys, some of the girls, some guys and girls, um, are super prepared. I've done sales before I get it. So I understand kind of what they're up against. Um, that was one of my big things when I first started is I didn't want, especially our newer sales reps to walk into an account and not have appropriate things with them. Um, when you get asked questions and you don't have something to refer back to, it becomes a hard situation. Um, I've been in those positions before where if you've got a brochure in your hand, you can say, oh, right here it says, let's talk about that. Um, or sorry to bother you, but here's a thing. I'll come back next week. Um, so I try to make it easy on them and give them, you know, the vault of materials that they can choose from, whether they like digital presentation, they like emails, they like paper, um, and just kind of have it available in different formats. Our website has a ton of information on it. Um, it's ahvint.com. So then you got to pick your country. Um, and once you get into the slash us section, uh, we've got tons of articles on there that talk about biofilm and, um, you know, how to use our products with various problems and issues on the farm. And, um, so that's all on there. That's awesome. We've got some really cool stuff with our lab coming up. Our lab, I was in the Netherlands. The lab's very, very advanced. So. I, uh, I do like seeing some labs. Are, is there going to be a video of some labs? I believe they're working on a video. So there's going to be a video, I believe. Um, and there's some photos and some articles about the lab. And I'll be honest, I'm not sciencey, but there's a lot of really cool machines in there doing cool things. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's very impressive. So Awesome. Yeah, I I like it because I have uh, went for a chemistry degree before my dad was like, don't go to medical school, don't do it. And working in the labs was something I, I really enjoyed and uh, got me in trouble a few times, um, you know, synthesizing uh, fragrances. Oh. Not to go too off tangent, but uh, in one of my finals, because my professor and I uh, had like a love-hate kind of jesting relationship, he made me synthesize something very, very stinky. And uh, because it was so stinky, I could only do it at night when no one else was there. Wow. So young Daryl was like, why not synthesize this in all of the labs? And so that was a fun, fun morning. Oh, but yeah. uh, <laughs> going back to remote work real fast, because I find this is for me is when's the best time for you to get work done? For me, it's in the morning, way before anybody else is starting to bombard me with things. Oh, I'm a night owl. So um, I usually get up and kind of do a little bit of farm chores in the morning and enjoy outdoors a little bit with my coffee and 
you know, feed horses and chickens and dogs and kind of be outside with nature a little bit. And then um, sadly, we work with Europe, of course. And so I've got a lot of emails and Teams messages and whatnot to sort through. Um, And so I tend to really start rolling mid-morning. And then uh, I do a lot of my graphic design and stuff like that at night. So I'm a night owl. I like to work. I mean, I would say probably my best meeting hours are probably 10 to 2. And then my get stuff done is probably six to eight at night kind of thing. Um, but it just depends on what I've got going on. But that is the great thing about remote work is, you know, I can get up and walk around and I definitely think people are more productive if they get their bodies moving. So I'm a walk and talker. So I like to do you know, my conference calls walking around and uh, some people that drives them insane um, which is why I don't do well necessarily in an office because um, I tend to make everyone else be distracted. Um, but yeah, I'm a walk and talker. And when the weather's nice, I work from the patio. Um, and so, but then, you know, I'll be stumped on how I want to lay something out and I'll walk out to the barn and check waters or I'll go get the mail or whatever, and then come back in and work on it. And it kind of tends to make the brain flow a little bit better. And I mean, there's a lot of studies done on that. And I really think it's true. I think getting out of your chair and moving around, getting outside, I definitely think makes the brain work better. So, yeah, no, I agree. I, uh, I get up every now and then, especially when I kind of feel myself slowing down, not like physically, but mentally I can, you know, the engine stops purring, get up, go for a quick rock, clean the pool, come back and I'm ready to go. So that's awesome. Well, and I have a lot of colleagues um, that I've done marketing with over the years. And sometimes it's like, why does this layout not look right? Or why does this sentence not sound right? Or have you done this or that? Like, I'm kind of stuck here, what I should do. And so, and most of us work remote. And so I can just send a quick text or, you know, quick chat and say, hey, like, why does this word look funny? Or help me out here. And usually we're pretty good. And so that kind of helps too. And I know some folks say that working remote is lonely or is whatever, and they couldn't get things done. And I mean, I think the big thing is, um, I don't have children, but um, I think dedicated workspace and I can walk away from it. But then I also at eight o'clock last night, I was working. So um, if I've got something to do and I'm in a zone, I'm doing it. I'll work all night. Um, but then also I, I love how I can just get up and go check my horses or go get the mail or, um, run a quick errand in town or something like that, and then get right back to it. So, yeah, the flexibility to me is important. I've worked remote for a long time myself. Um, you have to be a little disciplined and if you're a disciplined person, you know, and you get your work done, no worries. Um, but you're exactly right. You know, being oh, I get by to- far more done. I get by far more done. And I think also, um, and I said earlier, my, well, maybe not my first remote, but um, one of the jobs I worked remote, I was going to eventually relocate, but the boss was like, no, because when you come into the office, everyone else is distracted. <laughs> and, you know, and I, I hate it because I'm a social person, but I can be doing five things at once and talk to you and be doing a PowerPoint and talk. And some people can't do that. And I try as I get older to sort of understand other people's work styles a little bit, but um, I definitely do better remote where I can control my environment. And sometimes I'm standing at my standing desk and sometimes I'm sitting in the recliner. And so I just, I like to move around a lot when I'm working, I guess. Yeah, I'm the same way. I've got a standing desk myself and it uh, it's great when you can just stand up, keep doing your thing. You're not sitting all day. I'm I'm all for it. So 
kind of winding down a little bit here, but outside of marketing, outside of what you're doing right now, what is another job that you'd want to do? I'm going to guess it has to do with horses. No, you know, it's interesting. I actually was pre-vet in the very beginning. Um, and then I worked for a vet and he was like, yeah, this isn't a good idea. Um, and it's interesting because I do work with a lot of veterinarians and over the years, and I have very good friends that are vets and I super like impressed by the whole thing. Um, now I'm, I don't know that I could do it. Um, but I really would love to be like a location scout for shows and like props and things like that. Like I love picking out photo shoot, video shoot locations and just getting like the everything right, especially the vintage stuff, like old cars and like old clothes. And yeah, I love it. Like there was a show I randomly just came across the other day and I was more into the props and the settings than I was whatever was happening. I need to rewatch the whole series again. Um, because I think I got distracted by the cars in the, in the production and wasn't paying attention to the actual lines. Yeah. So, but no, all, I, what show was it? Um, it's called, oh, I knew you were going to ask me that as soon as I said it too. Is it <laughs> dark, dark skies? Oh gosh. I'm gonna have to send it to you now. Um, dark skies, dark skies. No, it's dark. It's got uh, Zahn McLaren in it. It's dark. It's set in New Mexico, and it's very Native American mystery. Um, Zahn or Zane, Zane, Z-A-H-N, McLaren. Um, it's set in the 70s in New Mexico. And dark it's, Winds. Dark Winds, yes. I was like, it's dark something. Yes, Dark Winds, yes. So I just randomly came across that the other day, and it just like immediately sucked me in. Um, I do think he's a great actor. I watched him in Longmire and, um, he's great, but, uh, like they just nailed like the costume, the there's old seventies muscle cars in there and like seventies, like, uh, the cars you, you are just great. put it on my watch list. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely a, you know, Western setting, et cetera, Southwestern, which is beautiful, but, um, no, that was, I loved it. Awesome. Awesome. No, that's cool. That's a, that, that'd be a really cool kind of profession. And I guess you, you're kind of in it going through the videos, going through your, your cows and leaf uh, tour here shortly. So that's awesome. Um, Got two more questions for you and then uh, we can wrap it up here. What is the best compliment that you have ever received? I was told by a gentleman that I was intriguing and, uh, very important person in my life. And that was the best compliment I think I've ever been given. That is a strong compliment. That is a strong compliment. So, okay. Very cool. Well, kind of wrapping up the podcast here, we've been going for 37 minutes. I'm sure I could talk to you (laughs) for much longer um, over several beers, drinks, movies, whatever episode of dark winds, you know, yes, you have to watch it and tell me what you think. I'm actually going to, it's quite literally, I'm going to put it on my list right after we get off here. And it sounds like something my wife would like to, which means it's going to get watched because. Well, and the interesting thing is apparently um, they've got a lot of native consultants. And so the language and the history and et cetera are pretty accurate as much as, you know, they will do. But um, so that's pretty cool too. Awesome. I love when they put some like historical Mm -hmm. fact and some effort into Mm -hmm. making it you know, correct. That's important to me. But um, wrapping it up here with the Wise Next podcast with Robin Volkening from uh, Animal Health Visions. Robin, where can people find you online? 
Um, I am probably easiest to find on LinkedIn. That's probably the best place to find me. So awesome. Well, guys, you can find Robin on LinkedIn. Robin, it's been so nice having you today. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. It was great. Have a good day. You do the same. Take care, guys, and see you next time.